Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. Well, this is Margie Bryce with the Krabby Pastor Podcast. We're talking about things self-care and we're talking about things leadership. I am here today with Reverend Don Ramirez. And I have known Don for uh, quite a few years, huh? Where did we meet? What was that first restaurant you you remembered? I didn't remember. Yeah, I think was we it? had like breakfast or brunch at Big Boys in it, Grand Blank. <laughs> yeah, Big Boys. You know, I don't know if you're from Michigan or not. There's a restaurant thing called Big Boys. And I don't know what to say for that. But anyway, it was quite a few years ago. And we just started chatting and we stayed kind of in connection. And I thought I'd have... Don on this episode, and we're going to talk about coaching is what we're going to talk about. And first, I'm going to ask Don to introduce yourself. And she has just a fascinating and wonderful ministry context. I'd like you to tell us about that. Thanks. Yes, I'm an ordained elder in the Church of the Nazarene. I am the executive director of the Little Lambs Compassionate Ministry Center. And we'll be celebrating 20 years next spring, if you can believe it or not. We have been in different iterations here in Genesee County, in Flint, providing resources for families with children, free resources, providing someone who can walk alongside. So it's not just giving out things, but also giving of ourselves in regards to relationships. You know, moms, they, they can't always do this alone. Um, a lot of the families we work with, the moms don't have a lot of supports in their in their in their systems, so they need that they need that that extra person just to sit with them sometimes and listen and you know kind of guide and 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 be there for them. Um, so I do that. I'm feeling very blessed to be able to do that now for almost twenty years. Yeah, and you during COVID did a great pivot, didn't you? Yes, we pivoted. That was that was the name, <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> um, we have had a center. We've always been kind of center-based where folks came to us. They, it was a kind of a, a boutique where they came in to pick out the items that they needed. We had, previous to 2020, we had a mobile unit because we did realize that the county is large and we can't always get, people can't always get to us, so we wanted to get to them. But even with that, it was kind of a system where we worked with maybe a school or another agency that was doing food distribution and would park our mobile unit for the day. But when COVID hit and everything shut down, including the buses, our community created this task force through the sheriff where people could call in and let them know what kind of needs they were having. Because without buses, and we have areas that have huge food deserts. So if you can't get a bus, you can't get to the grocery store. And trying to buy diapers and formula and food at the corner convenience store, um, or what we would call here in Michigan party stores, Mm -hmm. was not going to do it. So we worked with the sheriff's uh, task force. We got permission to be out and about. We worked with the diaper bank and the food bank. And 
we delivered. We delivered two to three days a week from the end of March through the middle of June. Once the buses came back online, we went back into the city or back into our center. And but for those weeks, those eight or nine weeks, we were out there. And if we weren't out there delivering, then we were packing up orders that we were receiving from a variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it enabled us to see people to be for them to be seen for us to be seen. Also, it really reminded us how big of a community we have space wise and population wise, and really set us on a trajectory to be even more generous. When we came back to the center, we realized, man, it takes a while to get here from, you know, the n- most northern parts of our county. And we mm-hmm. need to make it, you know, even more worth their trip and mm-hmm. uh, worked with different agencies that we hadn't been aware of. So in retrospect, it was it was a positive, positive thing. Mm. Well, that 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 is good to hear. So uh, you're serving all of Genesee County, which does include Flint, Michigan which is a pretty impoverished area in parts, in parts it is. And what, what kind of items can moms find at the little, little lambs compassionate minute? I love that name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have clothing from newborn through size 14, 16, which is your bigger kids. So clothing, which can be PJs, socks, underwear, your pants, your shirts, your outer clothing, you know, winter coats are coming. We're getting ready to put out the winter coats and boots and snow pants. We also do diapers and wipes and formula if need be as an emergency situation. Um, We have a small food pantry, school uniforms, uh, maternity clothes. That's been a big one this past week. We've had several moms who requested maternity clothes, and that's always a an important thing. We have two initiatives, safety initiatives with safe sleep and safe travel. So wanting to make sure our parents are educated on the proper way of a newborn, where they should sleep and how they should sleep and being able to provide at times some of those pieces to that puzzle, as well as safe travel with car seats and such. So those are the majority of the pieces that we physically provide. Hmm. I love this ministry. I really do. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun to to see over the years the the growth, and it's been it's exciting to hear that what COVID you know COVID wrought so much, but in this instance, COVID also brought a lot to the ministry, new connections and just new insights and all of that about your community and who you're serving. You and I coached and I uh, together, I was your coach. And what I want to say first off is that coaching is confidential and we aren't going to discuss the content per se of Dawn's coaching, but we're going to talk about coaching and her experience with coaching because it, it can be a little different. Everything's coaching like the soccer coach on the side of the field yelling at the kids or something. And it's, it's a tad, a tad, a skosh different. So I wanted to ask Dawn a few questions and just share about her experience with it. And I'm going to start with uh, what your expectations of coaching was going into it. I didn't have a lot of high expectations. It wasn't anything personal. I just, <laughs> Good I just thing. thought, I'm like, oh man, this is going to be awkward. This is going to be painful. And when it comes down to it, I'm probably just going to waste 
her time and my time. Those were the th- those were my <laughs> honest to god thoughts. I'll do this because uh, I'm kind of desperate in this situation, but it's going to just be painful, awkward, and a waste of time. That's what Actually, I Actually, you know, I appreciate the honesty there. <laughs> I really do. You get really high marks, gold stars, and all that for honesty. <laughs> I wasn't uh, wasn't exactly expecting that, but I I, <laughs> I embrace that. I'm good with that, actually. But how did the the reality of what you experienced? How was it different than what your expect expectations were? Yeah. Well, it was not a waste of time, <laughs> and it was a lot easier. It flowed. The awkwardness that I thought might be there flowed, and it, it, the the whole process wasn't. Um, wasn't difficult at all. It was kind kind of a combination of talking to a friend and a mentor saying, you know, so in general, it was a lot, a lot more pleasant than I would have imagined. (laughs) I wonder what, you know, what I'm just now I'm curious about what brought the expectation of this is going to be hard and awkward. And do you have any insights into that? Sure. I'm not... (laughs) I'm a, I'm a doer and I'm a go-getter and I'm not a lot of, in the strengths world, I don't have a lot of those orange feeling empathies. And I mean, I have empathy. I just don't talk about my feelings. And I was so concerned. You're like, well, how does that make you feel? You know, like, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, she's going to make me talk about my feelings or something. And I wasn't, that's not where I was at the time. You may have, but it didn't come across that way. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like therapy, which is, you know, which is a whole nother aspect to things. And I was like, oh, I didn't know what to expect. So, and that's, I think that's really what it was. I hadn't had any, the kind of mentoring I've had has been very specific and task oriented. And, you know, for as, as a clergy, you have a mentor. And it's very, okay, this is how we, kind of logistical in a lot of respects. So I, I, I had just put all the worst thoughts in my head of what it could be <laughs> out there. Yeah. And even if I sit down with someone and I go through what coaching is and what it's not, which I can do that little spiel and still you know, and you've covered some of this about what it felt like to be coached, but do you have any more you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, sometimes it was as easy as talking with the friend because you understand the context that I'm in, both as a clergy and within our own specific holiness, Wesleyan denomination, tribal logistics, Mm -hmm. you get that. So in some ways it was very, I didn't have to re-explain a lot. Mm -hmm. You understood that. And as a mentor, because you've been doing this longer than I have. Um, but it was even better because sometimes when you're with a mentor, like an, an official mentor who could be your professor next semester or your boss next year, you might guard yourself in what you say. You might, or if you have a friend that you're talking to, depending on what their situation is, you might, you know, hold back because of their biases on, on certain subjects. So it was it was the best of all worlds in regards to friends, mentorships, but a freedom that you I don't want to say you didn't have skin in the game, but you didn't. It wasn't personal. Right. So it was it was much more freeing than I would have imagined. And that freedom, I think, is part of why it's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Maybe it helped you process things a little differently. Okay. Absolutely. I yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was key 
Okay. All right. Well, how would you respond to this statement that I'm going to make? Some of the coaching process takes place after the coaching session is over. Absolutely. I would agree with that 100% because during the process, you're, you know, I'm, if it's venting or if I'm just like giving out all this information, you're asking questions, I'm taking notes, maybe I'm, I'm not letting it all soak in at that moment while we're having the discussions, but it was both in the application of what we discussed and in the just after letting it rumor, you know, bounce around in your brain, I would find, and this is not to sound weird, but like your voice would be in my head. (laughs) (laughs) You would, you had at one point asked a very specific, poignant, very direct question that I could not answer at that time. Probably if I could have had the answer, I wouldn't have needed the coaching, but you asked it and I didn't know the answer. And so throughout the time, you know, the next, what, three, four, five, six months later, I'm still, that question's coming up and now I'm applying it to things. Well, okay. What was that? You know? And Mm -hmm. so, and I think that's when I reached out to you and said, Hey, by the way, you're great. This was really helpful (laughs) because I'm, because when we're in the, the coaching sessions, there's a lot of information going on and you, you need, you need that time to kind of meditate on it and to think about it and uh, to pray about it and to really, to really seek the answers to the questions that you asked. And I think you're able to, anytime that we're, we get, you know, in a situation where we're stuck, it's all about perspective. And you have mm-hmm. that great perspective, again, knowing the context, understanding the context of being clergy, but you can, you can determine, you can help determine, you can help us determine is this issue that we're having. Because anytime that we come in with, a, if we're stuck or we're feeling challenged, or we can't get past something, it's, you know, it's a vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. So we come and we're vulnerable and you are able to point out, okay, well, this might be what we think might be the problem may not be the problem. That might be a gravity problem. We can't fix gravity that exists. What mm-hmm. is something, you know, you start asking those, those little questions that kind of start to show, oh, maybe this is the real issue here. And by asking those questions, it gives us, it gave me a lot to chew on for the next, you know, we, we met a couple of times and then from then on, it gave me a lot to chew on and to kind of do my homework and do the work. And then, you know, it became resolved mm. in, in many ways, not in just that one instance, that one circumstance, but it's something that I will take with me the next time I run into a roadblock. Okay. Well, what were those questions that she asked me? Cause we don't ask ourselves questions that we should probably ask ourselves. Right. Especially, especially when we're in it, when we're in the trenches, we're up to our neck in it. We just Mm -hmm. don't have that ability to see a different perspective than what we're seeing right then and right there. Right. You get stuck in the rut and you need somebody to say, you know, there really are more solutions than what Mm -hmm. your rut is telling you. And I like that you included early on in your comment that you're allowed to rant. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you need a safe place to rant and yes. a safe place oh, yeah. to be 100% honest. Everybody needs right. that, especially right. ministry leaders. Right. And so often we are in situations where we can't really say what we're feeling, especially if we don't know what we're feeling or thinking or on a, on a particular 
we just don't have that freedom to do that or questioning or if we're curious, whatever those, those situations are, we're supposed to be the ones in the know, mm-hmm. you know, and supposedly, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> supposedly, right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's helped me be able to say, I don't know. And that's okay. It is. It is absolutely okay <laughs> to say that. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have to go check that out and get back to you if I mm-hmm. find anything right. worth sharing, but yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. So what would you say then to a ministry leader who's considering what next steps to take or maybe someone who's feeling a little stuck or overwhelmed? Well, two things. First of all, I'd say do it. (laughs) Do it. Make the call. (laughs) Reach out. I mean, what do you have to lose? Because they say insanity is doing the same, repeating the same actions, but Mm -hmm. expecting different outcomes. Well, that Mm -hmm. obviously hasn't worked and that's okay we it's okay that it didn't work i don't i think we're supposed to be in community i mean that's the way god made us as human Mm -hmm. beings we and so there's nothing to lose there's nothing to fear just do it what's the best possible scenario is that you get unstuck and oh no you had to have someone help you that might be a continuing thing (laughs) but that's okay I don't know, unless you, unless you like banging, this would be what I would do is, you know, I'd keep banging my head on the wall and then I'd go, I don't get why I have a headache. I don't get it. Right. And yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I'm going to try and push this, you know, break down this wall with my head. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that is, that's the waste of time. Mm. You know, I was so concerned about our sessions being a waste of your time or my time. And I'm like, no, I'd been wasting my time prior to that, trying to see a perspective that. I just couldn't. Hmm. So just do it. That's my, that's my advice. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you coming on and giving your experience with, with coaching. And, you know, that's my calling is to come alongside ministry leaders to encourage them. So we don't become crabby because Mm -hmm. if we're stuck, it's easy to become crabby or if we're overwhelmed or just not sure what to do next. It, and you might not be crabby on the outside. You might just be crabby on the inside, you know, or you just take it home. I had one guy stop at my booth and say, I'm never crabby. And I said, oh, go get your spouse and bring her over here and we'll talk. He didn't come back. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm so thankful that you had the kind of breakthrough experience that that I would hope for any of my clients to have. So thank you so much for being part of the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I always ask this question. I didn't put that in, you know, so this is like impromptu. (laughs) We're living on the edge now, but I usually ask anybody that's on the podcast, what makes them crabby? Oh, having things at the end of the day on my list that I didn't, that I couldn't check off. (laughs) Oh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh, again, high marks for honesty, right? <laughs> yeah, that that makes me crabby. Yeah, or, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and and interruptions. And the weird thing is, is you know, in, in ministry, it's all about interruptions. You are constantly interrupted. Mm-hmm. You think your day is going to be X, Y, and Z. So I've had to, you know, realize what it is the focus of my work is. But still, right. I, I am still ingrained to be that person that puts the things that I did do. That wasn't on the list, on the list, just so I can check it off. Yes, I do the same. I do the same. I just, uh, that's, I don't know what that says, but 
probably something obsessive compulsive <laughs> but it's just the joy Achievers. of yes i guess i guess it is so well mm-hmm. thank you again for being on the podcast and i my pleasure. blessing on the little lambs compassionate ministry center in thank flint you. and i will put a link to your ministry in the show notes thank so you people can check it out awesome okay thank you, thank you. take care mm-hmm. hey friends the Krabby Pastor Podcast is sponsored by Bryce Art Glass, and you can find that on Facebook. I make stained glass. That's part of my self-care. And also by Bryce Coaching, where I coach ministry leaders and business leaders. And so the funds that I generate from coaching and from making stained glass is what is supporting this podcast and I will have opportunities for you to be a part of sponsoring me and as always you can do the uh, buy me a cup of coffee thing in the um, in the show notes but I will have some other ways that you can be a part of getting the word out about the importance of healthy self-care for ministry leaders. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor. <laughs>